Good morning, church. Are you glad to be here this morning? Listen, can I just tell you, um, I am, we're, we're going to start a new series today. I am, so be prepared for that. But let me just say this. It's okay to celebrate in God's house. It's okay to have a smile on your face in God's house. It's okay to clap your hands. The Bible says clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. So can we just, help me out a little bit. Can we give God a little bit of praise this morning, church? Come on. He's worth it. I say that because... Today's Super Bowl, you know, and somebody's been passing around these memes that we ought to be as excited at the Super Bowl as our church as we are as a Super Bowl, like, so get the Gatorade ready to dump on the pastor's head, and I've been like a nervous cat all morning looking for Gatorade jugs, you know, and I'm like, please don't do that, it's sticky and it's cold, I don't want to do that, right, but I got to think, and I would settle for just the excitement part in church, and it's okay to be excited, so are you glad to be here this morning? Amen, so John chapter 6, a new series today, I am, and um, let me just share you my heart. We <clears throat> just finished up a series in January, and throughout January, I just spent some time praying and saying, God, what do you want us to, to do? Where do you want to direct us in sermons, you know, for the rest of the year, uh, you know, long-range planning? What do you want us to share in the church? I just felt like you impressed upon my heart this need to get back to the focus, you know, to get our focus back on what's important, because there's been a lot of distractions the last couple of years, Right? There's been a lot of division. There's a lot of things that just, it's easy for us to get distracted. And it's good for us occasionally just to refocus. And I can't think of anything or anyone greater to refocus on than refocusing on Jesus. Jesus. Focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so over the next few months, I don't know how long we'll go, but we're going to have that as a major theme. And every sermon will fall under one of these categories, like who he is. I mean, you know, it's important to know who he is, what he taught what he did and what it means as far as our identity in Christ, what does the, the impact of what he did mean to you and to me. So hopefully you'll join us as we just kind of spend some time focusing on Jesus. And so today's series, I Am Statements, there are seven of them in the Gospel of John that Jesus makes. And these seven I Am Statements, you know, there's also seven miracles in the Gospel of John. And John's heart is that the readers would know exactly, without a doubt, who Jesus is, who Jesus is not. And so John carefully records these miracles, and, and the miracles that he did, we, we covered this back in 2018, and the miracles, he wanted them to see the connection with deity because only deity can raise someone from the dead. Only deity can open the eyes of the blind or walk on the water or feed the 5,000, as David spoke on last week. And so uh, that was John's focus there, but he also takes these seven I am statements that we're going to cover um, over the next seven weeks. And the title of the message this morning is, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And so let me cover the important I am part, just the, the significance of that one statement alone and the connection that goes back to the Old Testament. So I want you to remember, um, so when Moses had that encounter at the burning bush, you remember it? Not that you were there, but you remember the story, right? So Moses has this encounter with God. It's the burning bush. It doesn't burn up. And God from the burning bush speaks to him and says, hey, I've called you to go deliver my people out of Egypt. You're going to go stand against Pharaoh and you're going to show mighty powers. I'm going to do it through you. And you're going to deliver my people out of Egypt. I'm sending you. So Moses has a great question. He says, all right, question. If I go and tell the people of Israel, like the, the God of our forefathers has called me to come and deliver you out of slavery, they're going to ask, what's his name? So who do I tell them is sending me? What, what was the name that I would give them? And so recorded in Exodus chapter 3, there's a few verses there. He talks about this. He says, you tell them, I am that I am. That's it. I am that I am. Some would say that means I was, I am, and I will always be. I am 
that I am. You tell them I am sent you. And so for centuries, they've understood the words I am as a title to represent God. And so New Testament, Jesus stands up and he starts saying things like I am. And you can imagine it got the attention of the hearers. They wanted, that's a God title. Why are you associating that with you? And so these seven I am statements are extremely important for us to understand and get. And here's why. Because I want, as a pastor, each one of us to know who Jesus is. I mean, without a doubt, right? And there are many people in the world that have their opinions of, or maybe they misrepresent who Jesus is. And they'll say, well, I believe that Jesus was a great guy. He taught some good sermons. But he's so much more than that, church, Right? I believe that he performed some miracles. He might, you may say, I even believe he died on the cross. But many people have their opinions of who Jesus is. But here's the thing. It is so important for each of us to know that we know exactly who Jesus is because eternity is staked on who is Jesus. Because if Jesus is just a teacher, it's not enough. If Jesus is just a prophet, it's not enough. If Jesus, whatever, was a friend or a leader, rabbi they called him, it's just not enough. He has to be and always will be the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Savior that came to seek and to save the lost, the one that died on the cross for the sins of the world. We need to know who Jesus is. Amen? All right, so that's the purpose and the reason for this series. And so the background of the story that we're going to look in today, um, David spoke last week about the miracle of the feeding of 5,000, Right? And that's a pretty epic miracle if you think about it because he took, um, Jesus took this, this little boy, I call, I call it Happy Meal, right? He took the little boy's Happy Meal, um, five loaves and two fish. And he, he split it up, he blessed it, he broke it, he, he dispersed it amongst the crowds. And it says that 5,000 people that day were fed. It goes on to say, not counting women and children. So that's pretty epic, right? An epic miracle where he feeds the 5,000. And so um, they, they get excited and they say, man, this is the prophet that we've been expecting. Jesus, he's got to be the prophet. And so it says that Jesus tries to withdraw from them. He goes kind of into hiding for a moment, tells the disciples to go ahead of him across the, the water there to Capernaum, and he would join them later. Well, the disciples get in the boat, they go, nightfall. Next morning, all those people that ate of the bread that witnessed that miracle, they wake up and they find out Jesus is not there. His disciples are not there. And so these boats start landing where they're at, and they just all jumped on boats and went to the other side of the lake, the sea, if you will, of Galilee, and they started looking for Jesus. When they find Jesus, and they said, where'd you come from, Jesus? When did you get here? And Jesus said to them, you're following me, or you're looking for me because of what I did for you yesterday. You're coming to me because I, I fed you yesterday. And he goes on to talk about his work and the Father's will. And, and they said, we want to do the works too. And he says, the only work is that you believe in the one that's sent. Um, and then they said, okay, so do us a favor. Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Time out. He just did. I mean, was that not enough yesterday? Show us a miraculous sign. I've seen Jesus go, Really? Yesterday, I just fed 5,000 with a happy meal. I mean, was that not enough for you? But I think what was, they, they were alluding to Moses, and they said, because it is written, Moses fed our, um, our ancestors in the wilderness every day. So Jesus, what you did was cool, but that was only once. Moses did it every day. So show us a sign. Show us a sign, because Moses gave us bread. And so here's where we pick up in verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, here it is, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
But you haven't believed in me because, or though you have seen me, however, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them for I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. And they said, is it this Jesus, the son of Joseph? I mean, we know his father and his mother. We know they're in Nazareth. And how can he say that he came down from heaven? So it says, but Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, uh, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I, uh, who was sent from God, have seen him. Verse 47, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the bread that came down from heaven. <clears throat> Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will offer to the world, um, may live, is my flesh. Hold up, time out. What did he say? What did he just say? I can see them, their wheels were turning. It says, then the people begin arguing with each other uh, about what he meant, how can this man give us his flesh to eat, they ask. And so Jesus presses further, verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is the true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because the Father of uh, the living Father who sent me in the same way anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I ask that you would just open our eyes now in this moment um, to receive the truths from your words. Lord, my heart's desire is that you would communicate through me clearly because I don't want anyone to miss what you want to show us today in the text. And so, Lord, would you open our eyes let us behold wonderful truths from your word, and I humbly ask it in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so bread, it's a staple food across the globe for centuries. I mean, you think about Jesus' ingredients of water and Maybe wheat flour, flour in general, but bread. <clears throat> Jesus had just fed them bread the day before, and now he's using this as a, an illustration to present to them a much deeper spiritual truth. Jesus was so good at that, wasn't he? I mean, he would do the parables. He would teach them something that they knew about, but he would apply it spiritually um, so that they would kind of get a deeper spiritual truth that they might not have known without the illustration or the metaphor. And so now Jesus, speaking of bread, he begins to make a connection and I would say that bread is essential for life. You can go across the globe, and there's people that don't have the delicacies and some of the things that we take for granted in food. But if they get a little flour and they get a little water, they can eat, and they probably enjoy that bread, right? So how many of you ever go to the restaurants, and at the restaurants, they bring out that fresh, hot, little mini loaf of bread? Oh, 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 it's so good, isn't it? 
I love it when they do that. In fact, I got a problem because when they bring it out, I immediately start cutting it in, especially if it's the honey butter spread, maybe a little cinnamon in it. I'm like, oh, that stuff is like crack cocaine for me as food. And, and I'm just like cutting it and eating it, cutting it and eating it. And I, and I will go through a loaf, hence the, the, the body up here today. But I mean, I'll go through it and they'll come and say, do you want another loaf? Uh-huh. It's so good, right? Problem is, is I eat so much that when the mule actually comes out, I'm like, I'm not really that hungry now. And so I usually end up getting a to-go box and taking over you know, a steak home because I've eaten so much bread. How many of you would agree that bread satisfies? It's good, right? Bread just satisfies us. And maybe you're like, not that kind of bread. I got to have the good stuff. And so look, I got this too. Oh, man, these are delicious. Don't you like them? Muffin. Banana nut. Bread satisfies, doesn't it? Not only does bread satisfy, well, this might have been a mistake. Bear with me. It nourishes Minerals, vitamins, proteins, and even carbs for energy. It provides the nutrients that we need to strengthen, to be strengthened, and to, to grow. And so we see that bread is nutritious for us. It, it nourishes us. I would say also that bread sustains us. I was, uh, years ago, I was a cable television guy, and I was working out of town, climbing telephone poles and all that stuff, and um, I got hungry. And this is before I had a debit card. I didn't carry a credit card. I had a little bit of cash. I think I had two bucks in my pocket. And I'm about 30, 40 minutes from home, and I'm starving. People are looking at me like, dude, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm starving. And so I remember going to a little grocery store, and I'm scram- scram- you know, scrambling, scraping, and finding some money. To- i got to get something to eat now because I'm getting hangry. I might fall off a pole. I might punch someone in the face. I don't know. I'm just hungry. And so I go to the grocery store. I'm still working on the bread, by the way. Um, and I pull a loaf of bread off the shelf. Back then, it's pretty cheap, and so I remember, like, I'm hungry, and I can't afford a cheeseburger down the road, so loaf of bread, and I found a can of potted meat. Oh, that's good when you're starving. When you're starving. That's good. I remember getting in my truck, and I just opened that loaf of bread, and I went to town. As long as that potted meat would spread, I kept spreading, and I think I ate a half a loaf of bread that day. I was starving, but here's what it did. It sustained me. It gave me the energy that I needed, the carbs that I needed to get throughout the rest of the day. I think we understand the significance of bread being a staple in our life. Amen? So Jesus comes along. He takes this bread. And by, by the way, I, I did some research a while back. And they said the, the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish, it would have probably been loaves about this big. Little, not near as risen, you know, more of leaven, unleavened. Little loaves. Five loaves and two fish. The fish are probably like a little bitty, you know, personal size, a little basket he might have carried with him to eat on that day, and Jesus does this amazing miracle, and then with it fresh in their minds, he says, all right, I need to make a connection, and so we'll take the bread that they ate yesterday, and he starts saying that he is now, in fact, he says, I am the true bread of life, and so um, I want to look at this, this I am declaration of Jesus, this I am the bread of life through three filters, and I, hopefully the rest of the series will fit also through these three filters. Number one is, what does it do um, as far as illustrating a specific revelation of Jesus' character or nature or his essence? In other words, what does it declare to us, this statement about who Jesus is? That's what we want to know, right? Who is Jesus? And the second filter is how does it testify to his deity? Because his comments are pretty powerful. And how does his comments show us his deity? And thirdly, more personally, um, how does it reveal our spiritual needs, our deepest spiritual needs? Because that's what he does in these statements. He reveals to us our spiritual needs and how he and he alone is the only one that can fill that void and to fill that need. So looking through those three filters, let me ask you some questions. What does this declaration reveal to us about himself? Now, 
look back with me in the text, and we're going to go pretty fast here. But the first thing I want you to notice is the location of the bread. So just notice this real quick. Verse 32, the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, comes down from heaven. Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven. Verse 41, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Um, verse 47, yes, I am the bread of life. He goes, from heaven. Verse 51, anyone who eats uh, the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 58, I am the bread, the true bread that came down from heaven. Question, where did the bread come from? So when Jesus says, I am the bread, he's saying, listen, you need to know something about me. I'm going to reveal a little bit of my nature to you. I came from heaven. And so John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that Jesus wasn't born like his existence didn't begin in a manger on Christmas morning. It's just the incarnation when he became flesh and dwelt among us. But as the eternal, pre-existent Jesus, he said, I am the bread of life that came from heaven. And so we need to know his origins. He came from heaven. Many times he references that. <clears throat> Here's another thing. Notice, uh, let's see the words of that. Verse uh, 30. Here it is, verse 32. <clears throat> I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, my father. Jesus is talking and now he's saying, my father, which they know he's referring to God. And he's saying, God, my father. And over and over again, my father, um, the will of the father. He says, the father has um, given me to do the will of God. My father, my father. He says, no one at any time has seen, um, ever seen the father, only I, who was sent from God, have seen him. Can you imagine how offended some of these guys would be getting at this point, hearing Jesus make a comment like that? The Father, my Father. In fact, in John chapter 8, Jesus does this I am thing again. And here's what he says. They're arguing about their father Abraham. And Jesus said, you know, Abraham longed to see the day that had come. And he rejoiced when he saw it. What? And he said, they said, how can you? You're running 50 years old. How can you say that you've seen Abraham? And he says, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I am. And we know that he made a connection with them and he got the intended results. But he wanted them to know who he was. That at the very next verses, they picked up rocks to throw at him. And so he connected with them in this statement, I am the bread of life. Come down from heaven and it's my father, the only begotten son of the father. So, you know, we believe in the Trinity and it's, it, it's kind of a, uh, it's not for today, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit, but the, the Spirit is God. And Jesus the Son is God and the Father is God. So one God, three beings, blessed Trinity, mind-blowing, right? So anyways, he's letting us know, hey, I've got origins in heaven and my Father is God the Father. All right, that's who I am. That's my nature, my essence. And he talks about his, <clears throat> his mission, so what he came for. Notice in, uh, back in verse 27, at the end of it, it says, um, for, the, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So that's authority. He has put his stamp of approval on me, on my mission. <clears throat> verse 29 says, um, believe in the one he has sent. Uh, verse 38, to do the will of God. Um, verse 40, the Father's will. Um, verse 57, I live because of the living Father who sent me. So this bread from heaven related to God the Father has a mission. He says, I was sent by the Father to do his will. So who is Jesus? Jesus came down from heaven. He is the eternal Jesus who came down from heaven, who is the only begotten Son of God 
who came for a purpose to do his father's work and to complete a mission. Amen? Are you with me so far? So that's the first filter. The second filter would be how he testifies to his deity. I want you to notice uh, something else uh, that he says of, of himself. So I am the bread of heaven, verse 32. I'm the bread of heaven, um, verse 33. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So speaking of the bread, Jesus as the bread, he gives life to the world. Verse 39, he says, um, but that I should raise them up at the last day. Verse 40, it is my Father's will that, um, that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Again, verse 44, I will raise them up. Uh, again, down um, in 50, I think it's 58. I can't, I've marked over my Bible. So um, that they will not die and that they will live forever. Back to 54, I will raise that person. Do you, do you catch what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying that he's going to do what only deity can do. No man can give eternal life. No man can raise someone up at the last day. So for us, we should get stoked with that statement right there, right? That whoever believes that I am the true bread that came down from heaven and my purpose, whoever believes that and believes in me, guess what? They will live and not die. They'll have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. Only God can do that kind of stuff. Amen? So who is this Jesus we should be getting stoked about right now, right? I mean, this Jesus is no ordinary man. He's no just teacher or prophet. But, I mean, he's divine in nature. And now he's saying, if you believe in me, you'll have life. In fact, he told Lazarus or later, or the family that were weeping uh, of the death of Lazarus, was like, I'm the resurrection of life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. So he does only what God can do. And so it testifies as if the miracle of the day before was not enough, now in his statement he says, I will give them life. I will raise them up on the last day. That's the Jesus that I want to make sure you know. Amen? All right, and I said there's a third filter, one that I feel like is important for us because we're always asking, yeah, but what? What does it mean to me? And in each of these statements, Jesus says, I am, in this case, the bread of life. And, and I want us to understand that he reveals to us what is our deepest need. We may not know it's a need, but he knows it's a need. And we're looking at the physical, temporal stuff. He says, don't waste your time on those things, but seek um, to believe in the one that was sent so that you have eternal life. And so Jesus knows there's this huge void in all of our lives. There's this deep spiritual need. And he knows that he's the only one that can fill that need. All right? So here's what happens. We know that. And there's something in us that says, like, it just doesn't feel like my life. I have no purpose. And we wander around trying to find out, why am I here? What am I here for? What's my, you know, God's plan for my life or whatever? And we start searching in all these different places and we try to fill that void with all these different things. And some, it's money. They're like, if I just get more money, maybe I can have a sense of fulfillment and purpose in life and I've done success and all that stuff. Problem is, is money is fleeting. It could be gone tomorrow. Have you looked at inflation lately? That's another sermon. I'll go on. So anyways, it could be gone tomorrow. Some look for success. So like, I just want to climb the ladder and if I do that, make a name for myself, it brings me fulfillment. It just fills me up. Some turn to drugs, alcohol, sex, and all these things that they're just looking for something. They're, they're hungry for something. They don't know what it is and they're just filling this hole with all these things. The problem is all of those things are temporary and they might bring just a moment of satisfaction, but they can never completely fill that void. And that's what we need to know today. Amen? That Jesus wants us to know that he is the only one that can do that. Here's what he says. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Never be hungry. They're talking about physical food. They're hungry again. Do it again, Jesus. He said, hey, I'm the true bread. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. 
Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty uh, again. He says, to believe in him, anyone who believes has eternal uh, life. Anyone who eats this bread will, uh, excuse me, bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Our deepest spiritual need is Jesus. People pursue all kinds of things and they look in all the wrong places to fill this longing. Um, but if you don't hear anything else I say today, here, here's the big idea for today. Our greatest need, our greatest need is to be filled with Jesus. Our greatest need, your greatest need, you may not know it, but our greatest need is to be filled with Jesus. And Jesus alone sustains us spiritually, right? And so just like this physical bread, going back to that, I'll come back to it in a moment. Um, so the question is, how can we be filled with Jesus? And so this is getting to that question like, this is kind of getting creepy, Jesus. This is getting weird or maybe even offensive. And it says um, in verse 60 that uh, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And later it says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. His teachings were too hard for them to wrap their minds around. Can I just tell you, it's not about bread. It was a metaphor. It's not about literal. Jesus says, I'm the gate. He's not literally a gate. He says, I'm a door. He's not literally a door. All those are references, metaphors, illustrations of a deeper spiritual truth. I'm the bread of life, and you must consume the bread of life to have eternal life. And he says, oh, and by the way, the bread is my flesh. Wait, time out. That's cannibalism, and that ain't cool. Right? And he said, and drink my blood. So what does he mean there? Uh, and there's some religions that will teach, like in communion, when you take it in your hand, you get a cracker, and when you put the cracker in your mouth, something magical happens, miracle, and it actually turns into the flesh of Christ. And they'll say, well, when you take the grape juice and you put it in your mouth, it actually turns into the blood of Christ. And I believe that is a gross misinterpretation of that passage of Scripture, a misunderstanding. Personally, I, that's just what I believe. So what does Jesus mean by consuming my flesh, drinking my blood? It's not gross, it's not cannibalistic, but Jesus is using a, a, a visual image here to, to, to connect with them, like, you know, like food does. In order to get the nourishment, the satisfaction, and the, to, to be sustained, you've got to consume it, you've got to take it in, right? And so what he's saying is, I'm the bread of life, and whoever believes. Jesus associates the word belief, pistevo, with eat the flesh and drink the blood. He ties those all together. And so what he's saying is those who believe, to believe that the true bread, my flesh, what is that? It's like basically saying that I accept Jesus for who he is. I believe he is the bread that came down from heaven. So I'm asking you a question. Do you believe that Jesus is the only begotten son of God who left heaven and came to earth and lived a literal physical life, taught us how to live? Do you believe that? That's what he's declaring. I came from heaven. My father sent me on a mission, and I'm here for that purpose. That is to eat the bread, if you will, to consume, to accept the truth of who Jesus is. Very important for us. But what about the blood? To drink the blood is to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made. So when you see blood, you think sacrifice. You think um, loss of life. And what did Jesus come for? What was his purpose? He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to die on a cross. And so he's saying, I want you to believe not only that I am the bread that came down from heaven and my father um, is God and, and uh, that I have a mission to perform and, and to do, but I want you to know that I completed that mission. And, and today we say we believe in the death and the burial of Jesus, but we don't stop there. We also believe in the resurrection of Christ. Amen? So do you believe that Jesus came and died on a cross for the sins of the world, as the scriptures tell us? 
Do you believe it? It's very important of who we believe Jesus is, what we accept as truth about Jesus. But let me take it a step further because I think this is important. Because some will say, yeah, I accept what Jesus did, who he says he was. I believe he died on the cross. But we live our lives as though we don't accept that truth on our own personal behalf. So, and, and here's how it works with me. It's like, I know me better than you know me. And I know that it says that Jesus forgives us of our sins, but man, I know what I did yesterday, and I just have a hard time reconciling that truth with my own personal life. And so I live my life this way. I'm going to do as many good works as I can. And at the end of my life, I'm going to hope that I'm going to stand before God. He's going to have these weight balance scales, right? And my good is going to outweigh my bad. And there's going to be enough good to get me in there. That is not to believe or to accept the blood of Christ. Because you're relying on something else to put you in right standing with God the Father. And that's very dangerous, right? So hear me understand. Understand me. What I'm saying is to accept who Jesus is and what Jesus did on a personal level is the basis of the belief that saves us. So whoever believes in me to accept the truth of who he was and what he did, whoever believes in me will have eternal life. Whoever pastevo, trusts on, rely on, accepts me, believes on me, I will raise them up at the last day. And so, by the way, I'm still working on that muffin in my mouth. And there's a, there's a point to that too. So just as Jesus took this physical bread <clears throat> and he related to the people and made a spiritual truth connection with it, um, just like this bread satisfies us, Jesus wants us to know that he's the one that truly satisfies us. And once you truly discover him and trust in him for salvation, how many of you could testify that my life was empty, I was on the road to nowhere until I found Christ, and now my life has purpose, and I feel like I'm just more satisfied in my life today. Right? I, I just, he satisfies me knowing that I'm in Christ. He brings satisfaction. Um, Jesus nourishes us just like bread brings nourishment. We feed on his word. He, we grow from his word and we get stronger in our faith. We grow in our faith. Jesus is the ultimate source of nourishment for each one of us as we grow and feed on his word. And lastly, as the bread sustains us whenever we don't have the strength to go on and it just gives us a little extra carbs and energy to get through the day, how many know Jesus ultimately sustains us? Because we'll go through seasons of life when it is just hard. And it feels like there's no way out and there's no hope. I just want you to know that Jesus, the bread of life, sustains us. He is our strength. He is our foundation. He is our hope and stay to hold us up in the difficult seasons of life. Question, church, are you excited about who Jesus is and what he did and what he does for us? Because he is the bread of life. And here, here's a point I want to leave you with. First off, I'd say if you're here today and you've never taken that step of faith, here I don't want you to miss this. I believe Jesus was cool. It's not enough for saving faith. I believe Jesus taught some really cool stuff. It's not enough. You could spend your whole life in church hearing all the stories about Jesus, even partially agreeing with most of it, but until you appropriate it on a personal level, I believe he did that for me. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And you come to the place where you acknowledge that you're a sinner, time out, Heads up, every one of us are sinners. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, no, not one person. On your best day, you're not good enough. That's our deep spiritual need, amen? We need to be filled with Jesus. And so hopefully you come to that place in your life where you recognize your need for the ultimate bread of life that came down from heaven and you put your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the most important decision you'll make on this planet while you have breath in your lungs, amen?
but a step further, I would say, for those of us that have placed our faith in Christ. How many of you know as Christians we can go through seasons where we kind of are spiritually hungry, spiritually thirsty? And maybe we're relying on an experience that we had 20 years ago at church camp or something special in life. I'm like, man, it was so good back then. But right now, if I'm being honest, I just feel like I'm a thousand miles from God. And, you know, I know that he's not rejected me. And I know I'm safe and secure in him. But as far as the fellowship's concerned, I feel hungry spiritually. The good news is, is he is the ultimate source. He satisfies, he nourishes, and he sustains us even along in the Christian faith. And so... You saw me chewing on that muffin for way too long, and it takes me a while. The, the point I want to make is it's not a one and done. You just throw it in your mouth, and it's over with. It's like I'm, I'm continually feeding on this little muffin, and I think it should be a reminder for us. We must continually come to Jesus and partake of him as our bread of life. Amen? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I, I hope you know him. I hope you know him. And as we dismiss in just a moment, if you've never placed your faith in him, I want to encourage you to come. And I would love to, to visit with you because it is the most. I don't want it on my conscience one day standing before God. And, and, and I didn't do my due diligence to make sure that you knew who Jesus was, who Jesus wanted us to know that he was. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your revelation of who you are. Thank you for loving us enough to give us a record and your scriptures. And, Lord, you just lay it all out there. If We'll just dig and we see. And I've got to be honest, Lord, if I'm walking with those people when they're walking and I'm hearing Jesus say what he is saying, I'm skeptical and I'm going to have a hard time believing some of the things that are being said. But, Lord, when you perform the miracles over and over again and you make these declarations and you back it up with miracles, Lord, I almost wonder if it would have been easier back then. But here we are today, God, and you're making the same claim. You've not changed. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You always were, you always are, and you always will be. That means you do not change. That means your purposes are, are true, and you will fulfill those and accomplish those purposes. So, Father, I pray that today we would know you in a, a saving way, that we would respond to you. And as the scriptures go on to say, those that come to me. So it's on our part to come to you, to, to believe in um, what you declare to us about your son. And those who um, feed on you, if you will, or those who are filled with you, who accept the truth of your word. God, I pray that if there's somebody here today that's not done that yet, that today would be the day they cross over that line. For those of us that have placed our faith in you, Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of uh, feeding on you daily, that we would come to you continually over and over again to be nourished, sustained, and satisfied with the true bread of life. For those that are going through difficult seasons right now in life, I pray that maybe just getting a fresh glimpse of who you are brings them a sense of hope to know that you can be trusted with their life. You can be trusted with whatever it is that they're walking through right now. God, would you just please show yourself favorable on our behalf today. Thank you so much for the gospel. Thank you that you are the true bread of life that gives life. And Father, we ask that you'd be honored in our lives as we leave this place today. And we humbly ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,